right, we're here today, episode 14 of Backbreakers and Bites. Uh, we got the current Bellator slash future PFL champion, Johnny Eblen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny, thanks for sitting down with us. We are where and why did you pick this spot? Well, it is the closest Korean spot that we could think of that's near my new house. Um, usually every time I move to a location, I try to find a good Korean restaurant and Namu was, you know, the spot. And I, I like the food here and the vibe and everything about it. Yeah, it's a pretty sick spot, man. We This is our first time coming, so it's going to be an experience to us. Uh, we don't even know what's going to be brought out to us, so it's going to be exciting. Hopefully Ricky sweats a little bit. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> I, I had Cholula yesterday. I've been paying for it. Cholula, yeah. I can't handle it. He you can't handle Cholula. He was. They were oh, all making bro. fun You're of me. You're not gonna be able to handle the Korean, the spicy. <laughs> so the Korean Korean them with the spiciest kimchi possible. I spoke yeah. to Dom. I was like, I can't. I'm gonna pussy out. But he goes, No, no, try it. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to ask you. It, it, was it a love story with your mom and dad meeting? Did, did he was he? in korea or was she already here and how did they meet and how were you where were you born all that good stuff so basically my dad was in the military uh part of the army got stationed in korea ended up meeting my mom falling in love with her and ended up bringing her back she actually already had one son uh, my oldest brother tim he's actually my half brother um because she was already married to a a, a korean guy um i've actually never met him um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> side note <laughs> anyway uh my my, my dad brought uh, my mother back uh they moved around a lot they ended up uh kind of staying in iowa for a little bit des moines that's when they had me before that they had my brother tommy in el paso texas but they were kind of moving around everywhere i think they stayed some time in virginia and whatnot but anyway yeah um once my dad brought my mother uh, my mother back here had two kids with her and then um they stayed together for a little while and then they ended up getting a divorce, but um, it is what it is. They are great parents. Um, they both really support me. Uh, my mom's actually in town right now, um, but most of my family's uh, from Kansas City, Missouri. That's where we kind of like stay. Like that's where my family gotcha. stays is Kansas City, Missouri. And that's where I grew up. Do, do they ever want to make the move down to Florida? You ever spoke, spoken to them about like, how great Florida is? Yeah, they like it down here. I just kind of get them a house, like eventually. <laughs> right now, I'm just getting a bigger home every time I, you know, I can afford it. I get a bigger house so I can have, you know, family down here. But uh, eventually, I think I'm going to get my parents a house or get like a guest house or something to where they can just stay down here nice. as long as they want. Nice. Very for, cool. For you, it's cool. But for anyone else listening, Florida sucks. Do not come here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll jump in and start with the, the non-family questions. Um, okay. How did you get into all this? Like, I know you you started wrestling. She's repping your your college over there. Yeah. It's my um, girlfriend Emily. What's up, Emily? Yeah, yeah we should have probably introduced her right from the get. <laughs> no, it's okay. But um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, secretly. Yeah. But um, so how how did you get started and all that? Like, was there any inkling of you want to do martial arts like when you were a kid? Like, a lot of guys have kind of a story of something like that. But um, I guess I kind of just like it was kind of like a family thing you do is like you wrestle, you play sports. Like my dad would have me play all the sports. Right. And he thought it was really important that I'd wrestle. And actually my brother, Tim was the first kid. He was the first kid that started to wrestle in high school when they were, when we were in Iowa. And that's kind of what started the trend with the whole, like every kid needs to wrestle in the family. So after my brother, my, my, my second brother, uh, or my second oldest brother, Tommy, he, he wrestled. And I was like the youngest to start. 
And basically that was my, the only martial art I really did. I was supposed to do Taekwondo, but my mom thought I was a little bit too crazy to do Taekwondo. <laughs> and now it's, she makes a joke like, oh, I wish I would have known you're gonna fight. I would have let you do Taekwondo when you were a kid. Yeah, you could have been repping. But she made me like play the violin and like hey, dude, piano. That's, that's and, probably good too. Yeah, yeah. She was trying to calm me down, I guess. But basically I, know, I, I played every sport. I played soccer, football, baseball, basketball at one point I, I actually played basketball and wrestled one year it was Damn. it was intense it was did, crazy my dad that, my dad's originally like a basketball player so he really wanted me to play basketball but i just gravitated more towards wrestling like i just i liked the violence in it it was like i don't know like i just had a lot of like pent-up energy and that was like the best way to for me to release that energy i guess um and basically i kind of as i got older, I kind of focused only on wrestling and football. And then I kind of saw football not really being an option after high school. And plus the coaches that I was like being coached by weren't great. I'm plus I'm in Missouri and Missouri football is really not that amazing. What what did you play? Played fullback and middle linebacker. Shit, that probably helps to your MMA career. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, not, you know, like, making car crashes it's 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 fun yeah but also the technique in wrestling really helps a lot too right um and after that i ended up you know focusing on wrestling uh went to university of missouri wrestled there for five years had a a pretty good collegiate career not not the best i I never all american but i was an academic all american i was like ranked top 10 um my junior and senior year so and i I had some good outings i had some uh, i placed at some big tournaments at the southern scuffle i placed and uh, I beat some ranked guys. I beat some uh, previous All-Americans. So, um, yeah, from there, I mean, I really had no aspirations to fight. I actually took a job opportunity down in Fort Lauderdale because my coach, Brian Smith, his brother, Terry Smith, uh, worked for a paving company as the director of operations okay. at Atlantic Southern Paving. So I moved down for a job originally. And then I ended up running into Steve Mako because I got into the wrestling community down in South Florida. And I happened to run into him one time and we're literally at this, we, we both coached this kid, uh, it was Dante Giovanetta. He was like one of the better heavyweights out of uh, South Florida. And I think he's like a multiple time state champ. And basically we're in his guest's like house and he has mats set up and we're like nice. kind of running a practice. It's like four people. It's me, Mako, Dante, and I think Ryan Thomas, like another kid. And we're like kind of doing a practice and then i end up going live with mako and holy shit dude i was like (laughs) i was sore for like a week after that and i've never gotten my my ass beat so bad but i guess like i was like pushing mako and mako was like man we need to have you at the gym because he was coaching uh he's like a wrestling coach at american top team right right and he ended up bringing me in and i ended up you know quitting my job taking some amateur fights. Did he, did he bring you in as a coach or he brought you in uh, as a like prospect? Just, he honestly brought me in just to have a wrestler in the in the room because I'm a good look. Like just to have a guy that comes from my pedigree of wrestling to be in that room to give a good like grappling wrestling look yeah. is like important, you know? So I was doing the grappling classes, but I was competing pretty well with like guys that placed it um, Abu Dhabi. So I was like, oh, okay, well I can fucking hang with some grapplers and I'm doing pretty well. Right. And like, 
I remember for a little while I was doing like I was working and I, after work, I would go to the Wednesday grappling class. It was Mike Brown's. Uh, he, he, he would have a grappling class on Wednesday evenings. And after the grappling class, Mike would hold pads for me. And I would just like stand on the line on the mat and like work on my one twos and like my my uh, straight hooks and like working on my straights or working on my jab. Like I literally knew zero this, striking. This was like the early 2010s? No, this was like, oh yeah, early 20, it was like 25, late 2015, I think. So were you still rubbing shoulders with like the uh, the peasants like us? You were rolling in a grappling <laughs> class that like everyone could go to? I don't think everybody could go to them. I think it was like a pro practice. They okay. let me do the pro practices because of my wrestling pedigree. Um, and cause I knew Mako and then, uh, basically I, I really got to know Mike Brown well, and I took a few amateur fights. I won. And then I think my third amateur fight, I ended up quitting my job and moving in with Mike Brown in his spare bedroom for a few months. That was, that was my question. Yeah. So when you quit your job, you're just living off now. Well, are you getting, you're not getting paid all that much for amateur I'm fights or nothing? nothing. Zero. <laughs> I'm getting paid zero. Nothing. I had money saved up from my job and from like, uh, in college, I, I was saving money for like a down payment on a house, and I moved down here. And I was like, "Oh shit, houses are a lot more expensive here." <laughs> Damn, and that was yeah. back, that was a few years back now. Now yeah, they're just that was unattainable. Pre -pan yeah, pre-pandemic. That, that only gets me a bedroom. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And basically, yeah, I, I had money, had some money saved up. My family helped me here and there. Good. And uh, it really helped me. You know, I wasn't super worried about money. I mean, there were some some months where I'm like, "Fuck, dude." This is not good. So like, let me let me step back a little bit because yeah. you you already like ran through like the first twenty questions I was gonna ask you. That's all we had, <laughs> which was perfect. <laughs> That's no, all we had. Okay, it we was can, perfect. Can we, we eat now? <laughs> can we go? I, I don't even know when they're gonna bring the food. It's a mystery to all of us. Well, because yeah. I, I told them, sorry to call you off. I told them like, um, just bring us the menus and we'll choose something. And they're like, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're like, we got that <laughs> extra spicy shit for you, and uh, Johnny's getting our finest. Uh, dude, I hope to God uh, you'll see how bad I sweat. So it's disgusting. <laughs> But let me ask, what was what was your uh, aspirations coming out of college? Like, what major were you? Were you trying to get a career? I actually was. I was trying to do um, physical therapy. Oh, nice. But the weird thing about wrestling is you get five years of eligibility. Yep. And I had to I had to get into the M Missouri's, like, PT school. But my grades were, like, just below, oh. like, the threshold. God, how and they only accepted so many guys, so I ended up getting a major, or a, a, I majored in health science, but I ended up getting a master's in educational and counseling psychology. The emphasis is pos positive coaching, which is actually like a degree they kind of made up, I think, <laughs> for like coaches and like athletes. It was actually pretty good. It's I think it, teaching. It's kind of a thing now. It is. It is because like they're trying to get rid of the whole old school mentality of like breaking kids down and like <laughs> treating them like shit and like you know not. Also, like when you have a problem athlete, how to not deal with it because you're going to teach them bad um, habits. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it. Th th there's a lot to it. There's a, definitely a psych part of it. I'm actually a psych minor. So like it kind of, I kind of liked it a lot. There's just a lot of writing and they, they basically insert you into a lot of positions as a coach and you have to respond a certain way. And um, then you have to write about like, why you would respond that way and so on and so forth. But I, I thought it was like a pretty legit degree, you know, if you're gonna actually coach for a living. Right. Um, but I don't think I really wanted to coach. So I, I think I just needed another year of, you know, being in school. Right, and right. Um, 
after that was done, I, I that's why I took the job down in South Florida to, uh, I worked at a paving company. Basically, I was trying to become like a sales rep in a right, sense. Right, that's why I was asking, because yeah. I thought maybe you went into business or something, because I had read that you did that and you were trying to be the like account executive or something like that. Yeah. Well, I actually was thinking about doing business and then I went to a macroeconomics class <laughs> and I was like, I have the yeah, same story. Dude. <laughs> this doesn't make any sense to me. I'm way more like, like I'm better in chemistry, like, like Damn. stuff with that, like math, like that. Like, yeah. I don't know. It was like the concepts of the economy and like, like I can kind of grasp it now, but like at the time, right it's just it, like, was a- it was too much. It was too subjective. Like, I mean, there are objective metrics to look at, but it's like, I don't know. It, it it was it was intersubjective and subjective. A lot of it was, and it kind of like went over my head as opposed to like hard math. That's a lot easier for me to understand. Or like, that's why chemistry is like more in, like easier for me to understand right. in a sense. It's kind of straightforward. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, economics are kind of like. Whoop. Well, I don't even think our government knows how it works either. So I mean, <laughs> it's for real. Like, I don't even know what's going on. Half, I don't know what's going on half the time. How much money do we owe now? <laughs> and we owe trillions. Who do we owe? Danos? Well, we, we create yeah. money. <laughs> <laughs> and it's debt. So, <laughs> what? <laughs> so, when you, uh, I noticed you took your amateur fights here. You said you were living with Mike Brown, uh, but most of your initial pro fights were in Missouri. Mm-hmm. And I know you trained with uh, one of our previous guests, Grant, mm-hmm. in Missouri. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what happened there? Were you, you were living here, traveling back to Missouri, and just kind of training in between fights over there? Yeah, so basically, I got a hookup to fight in Shamrock, and Shamrock FC is like a local promotion, and I kind of liked going back home and to Kansas City, Missouri, because I could sell tickets. People knew who I was, and Jesse Finney really hooked it up at Shamrock, and uh, he gave me some good matchups to get my feet wet. Down here, dude, South Florida, there's a lot of good fighters, and you don't know what you're going to get sometimes. And also like, I wasn't going to sell tickets down here. So, and, and really the money was made in the ticket sales. Right. So I was like, you know what? I think it'd be smart to take a, you know, a, a few pro fights in Missouri, my hometown where there's a promotion that I can trust that is really getting behind me and I can sell tickets. So it's like, all right, I feel like that's the best scenario. And then once, once I got, you know, I think I got four, I went four. No, um, that's when I got a uh, King Bo to talk me into signing with Bellator. Um, he, he got me hooked up with Mike Kogan and that's how we kind of got, you know, signed into Bellator. And you met Mo here, right? When you came down yeah. to- I was Jesus like, hey Mo, I wrestled. He's like, got- I like you. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, anything you need, I got you. I was like, damn bro. All that's right, it. I guess wrestling gets you far here. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, you guys are a hot commodity in MMA, man. Like if you yeah. get a good wrestler, even if you don't make it, you're worth like a, a pound of gold as a training partner, like you kind of yeah. said earlier. Um, did you want to ask about Grant and L here? Yeah, so so you met them when you went back during the pro fights in, in Missouri? Mm-hmm. And, and anytime went, I would be home, I would train at Glory. So that's where they were at? Yeah. Because when we spoke to them, they said that you were you were godsend to them and you told them that over here is not the place yeah. to go to Florida. And then they were, they were really cool about um, telling us that you helped them out big time which is very kind of you. So you let them stay with you and 
even with her dogs. His two and dogs, yeah, massive him, dogs. And, and his his buddy who does, doesn't even train like train with us anymore. He like dipped. <laughs> Grant's like, yeah, I should have never brought him. But basically, he, he, I know how good Grant is, and he was. I was being honest with him when he sat me down, and he was like, "Do you think I could be a world champion here?" And I goes, "I go, man." I don't think so. You would have to fly people in. So basically I was telling him no, because yeah. no one wants to go to fucking Glory MMA in Missouri. Like <laughs> who wants to go to who wants right. to go to Lee Summit, Missouri? You want to go to Lee Summit, Missouri? Is that is that the best gym in Missouri? I mean, how did you guys pretty all much, end up there? Yeah, pretty right. much. It's the best gym in Missouri, I would say. Uh I mean, James Cross was a great coach. Right. And the 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 little community he had there was was great. But it's just not the same as an ATT or an AKA yeah. or you name it. There's there's bigger gyms, you know, guys with more talent around and guys that are testing you every day. Like, dude, every time I spar, I'm going with a top 15 guy in the world, you know, and I have to fly to Vegas to train with other guys at like extreme that are like top 15 in the world. So it's like glory MMA does not compare to gyms like that, you right. know? So yeah, basically after I told Grant that, we were trying to work it out. He was like, dude, I'm going to try to move down, like get an Airbnb, you know, ch check out the gym. But I think I'm really going to move down. I'm like, hey, man, just stay with me. Like I had a house to myself. I, I had just broke up with my girlfriend. Um, but she broke up with me. She loved me. She fucked up, <laughs> I right? I got a new one. <laughs> I got a new one. <laughs> and she's so Hispanic. <laughs> Finally. Finally. Hispanic? Finally. Yeah, yeah. Every, every episode, this guy. Don't date a white girl. Oh my God. Yes. Wife. <laughs> Thank you, Johnny. Like, um, Jesus. Latinas. I, I love my white wife. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, every episode is like the running joke, man, because I'm sitting here. I'm, I'm sitting here dating a Latina, and him and whoever our guest is has got some uh, Latin blood in them. They're like, yeah, we like the white girls with the colored eyes. Oh, no. Older no. women. I'm it like, was, well, I got to get out of like here. Pitbull <laughs> and I, we fist bumped over that. Like, white girls. Pitbull. Oh, yeah, because he is. Yeah. He, <laughs> He's Brazilian, so it's like There's I been, can see you want something different. It's been a couple yeah, though. Yeah, it's been yeah. like two two or three guests at this point. There's a couple. I'm sure something else. There's always there's probably gonna be a fly at some point in here that's gonna land on all of us together. Oh, that was for a while. <laughs> it's Wherever every episode we went, it was a fucking fly. <laughs> <laughs> then that that comes up. So thank you for that. Yeah. Um, you already dropped it in there, so I'm gonna bring that up. Uh, you you do have like a relationship with uh, Extreme Couture in in uh, Vegas. Yeah. Uh, two things on that, like how did that happen and um like does att care that you jump around and like just train at a bunch of different gyms well only train at one other gym technically now okay but basically their rule is if you're not in the state of florida and you're elsewhere you can train at a gym but obviously like they know what flag i fly they know what gym i represent and it's american top team um but yeah they, they don't really mind um that all started because uh, when I was gonna fight Gegard Mousasi, I needed a I needed a really good, I needed a guy that had like a good jab, great stand up, hard to take down and hold down, and just it was like a vet of the sport. And my manager said, "Hey, we can get you out to extreme. They have a lot of you know good middleweights out there, and I know Eric Nixick, and like we could hook you up with them." I was like, "All right, cool." And, you know, I was like, all right, I, I kind of looked through their lineup. They had a lot of good guys. And then I go out there. I was actually going to train with Douglas Lima. Oh, cool. 
on the way up. I was going to go to Atlanta and then from Atlanta um, train with uh, Douglas and then from Atlanta go to Vegas and then train in, in uh, extreme. But like something had happened where Douglas hurt his shoulder. So I ended up just leaving right away. Just I, I literally I got my bag and I booked another flight and I went straight to Vegas. And Sean Strickland hit me up on Instagram because I guess Eric told him that I was in town and like he's just like planning training and stuff for us. And it's like me and him. I was like, all right, cool. Fuck it. Like first, I think the first time I trained with him, it was me, him uh, and a boxer that was like 15 and 0. And we were training at this boxing gym in Vegas and we were just sparring. And I was like, bro, what the fuck is this? This is amazing. And he I goes hard, this. right? Of course, we're fighting. We're fighting. <laughs> and I was like, man, I love this because I got beat up a little bit, you know, with the striking. I needed it. I was still learning, like, how to strike. And uh, I, I mean, I still am. But basically, from there on out, I, I just, I, I think that whole week I trained mostly with Sean. And then I got to know Eric well. I got to know Chris Curtis well. Um, you know, a few of the guys at, at Extreme, and I kind of developed like like a relationship with all of them. And, and I, I elevate the, the level in that room and they like when I come in and I'm respectful and I train hard and I'm not a dick. I'm not trying to beat anybody up. they welcome you right in, yeah. Yeah, they welcome me right in. So, and uh, Sean's even came out to uh, ATT. You know, is, and is Dan, it, Dan Lambert was like, hell yeah, I love Sean. Because <laughs> Dan is like unhinged when it comes to like what he says. So he loves Sean. It's like the same. It's like the same energy, you know? Yeah. If you gave Dan a mic, I mean, you might say some of the same shit. <laughs> uh, we might have to get Dan then. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. So that so that was before uh, Musasi. Yeah. Right. And then I just saw pictures of, of you training with him again. Was that him training you or you training him for the his upcoming fight uh, tonight? Oh, so basically I just came out because I want, I like to come out to extreme for a week or a week and a half when I start my camp. And this was like, it just happened to line up when I came out, it was like the last week of his camp and it's the beginning of my camp. And anytime I'm in town, Sean's like, Hey man, you're one, you're like the only guy in Vegas that could go five rounds with me. So we're going to spar. I'm like, fuck yeah, we're going to spar. Like anytime I go to Vegas, I know I'm going to fight Sean Strickland for five rounds at least. <laughs> It's usually on a Saturday at the uh, UFC PI. <laughs> we just meet up and we just fucking go at it. We go at it. Last time, I think last time, not the last time, but the time before that, my girl was there. She uh, she didn't watch. She she worked out. <laughs> I came up and took a picture later. But like this time, how. this time we had like UFC embedded around all the coaches. I had one of my coaches, Naughty Aguilar, there. And uh, no nah, man, it's 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 good training. It's it's like it's like a fight, but it's like it's we're, we're respectful we're cool we know we know there's some boundaries if like okay if we hurt a dude we're not gonna fucking try to kill you right you, you don't right. look damaged either so i'm assuming like i was gonna ask you that a, a couple questions ago but uh you, you you're the classic wrestler that came in and you don't have like any kind of striking background i'm assuming your striking's pretty good if sean didn't leave any marks on your face um, yeah i mean i had some marks on my forehead <laughs> i got hit in the in this like on the ear, above the ear, I got some cauliflower on this ear. I'm getting, been getting punched in this ear. But did you did you kind of like drop wrestling for a while and like focus on on striking a lot? Like, were you a striker at all when you took your amateur fights? Oh no, I wrestled the whole time. I barely strike and then wrestle, 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 wrestle. Basically, you know, I just I, I developed a feel for striking, and I just I've, I'm always working on my grappling and wrestling, but I feel like lately. 
the past few years, I've been honing in on striking a bit more because it's something that the, the fight always starts on your feet, right? Right. And I've been wrestling since the age of four. I've only been striking since 2015. So I probably need to make up some time with the striking and learning like um, distance and learning different types of footwork and but why not? Your distance is good. Yeah. I was watching the- It could the, be better though. It could be better. It could be better. Just because you're saying it, I yeah. won't dare say that. <laughs> <laughs> but I saw like, so I, so one of my other questions was, as you were coming up, you did you watch MMA as you were wrestling and were you into it? Like fighting somebody like uh, Musasi, did you ever, were you ever a fan of him or? Never really a fan, but I was like, damn, I can't believe I'm about to fight Musasi okay. whenever I signed that contract. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I used to, I mean, I used to play the UFC game when I was a kid. I, I liked Rashad Evans a lot. I liked Anderson <laughs> Silva. Like it was, it was John Jones was kind of like, I started phasing out of playing the game as much uh, whenever John Jones got big. Um, I played like more of the, the early, the early day yeah. stuff. Um, actually, the first time I ever watched a UFC event was on a tape. My brother had it. Classic. Because my brother was fighting at the time. He was a college wrestler. Oh, okay. Um, D, I think he was uh, NAI or D2 or something like that. Wrestled for uh, CMSU. And he was fighting. And then he ended up like, I think he ended up having, he ended up getting kicked off the team or something because he, he, he was fighting. He was fighting while UFC was still on VHS tapes? He was fighting back. He was doing amateur fights oh, like damn. way back in the day. Yeah, he was like fighting in like bars and shit, like in a fucking <laughs> boxing ring. Like it was. I mean, I think it was like a couple years after that. I think I I can't remember. I would have to look up like we talking what like exactly late nineties. I would say not late nineties. I would say early early two thousands. Early two right? thousands. Yeah, still hey. that had to be one of the coolest times. But to we be were getting watching. Into it. Uh, maybe I, honestly, dude, I would have to double check. I have a very important question. Probably early two thousands. Early two thousands. Do you guys want to? Do you guys want to order food, or you just want them to put something together for just us? Put something together, okay. but not. Oh, tell so them I'm would. not like. Don't overstuff me though, and I ain't trying. I got to eat again later tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to eat overstuff right Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> if he loses this fight, it's on Namu. Don't put that shit on me. <laughs> <laughs> who did we? Who did we? I think we sabotaged Grant. Sorry, Grant. <laughs> We made him break his diet, man. It was all our fault. He lost. I have never seen a human being eat a burger so fast in my life. <laughs> yeah. It, three bites, it was, dude, it was a yeah, massive, that dude, that dude can eat, massive <laughs> burger down, gone. Uh, so I thought he was going to ask, um, I've heard you compared to like Matt Hughes a little bit with your style. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. come on, bro. I'm better I, I than Matt. I'm I wouldn't better, say. My striking's better than Matt well, Hughes. Well, you're, you're obviously like the evolution. I wouldn't say you were Matt yeah. Hughes. He was okay. stiff. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he feels better about Damn, bro. You call me stiff. <laughs> I wouldn't. I mean, dude, they even said it on a Bellator uh, uh, broadcast one time. I forgot who was saying it. What oh, was, shit. What was the other fucking... Uh, the dude that used to be on Strike Force. Mellow or no, what the fuck was his name? I can't remember his name. I'm but he, he, someone said it, um, and I and I've read it a few times. But uh, we we specifically noticed in like your striking style. Yeah, you throw like Fedor esque casting punches sometimes. And, yeah, and it's, it's awesome to watch. I but fucking love. By the I need way. to tighten it up though a little bit. I'm getting I'm getting I'm watching a lot of boxing lately. I'm trying yeah. to trying to tighten up those punches, make you, them make them a bit shorter. Yeah, you definitely and, got a chin though, dude. Because like you do get reckless, so it's like. It's it's beautiful to watch, but every time you're scared, you're like, "Damn, he's taking one to throw two. Yeah. Is this gonna be the one where the chin finally goes?" But like, 
Even or when there you, never will be. Hopefully, that's how I feel. <laughs> I don't know if you keep sparring with Sean. <laughs> I haven't been knocked out yet. Damn. Oh, never. see, that's that's Ever. nice. Yeah. Like never at all. Never. Yeah, that's true. We better. Why are we talking about this? <laughs> it's okay. It's superstition. I think bro. that's yeah. the big thing, though, is once you start getting rocked, so you're probably in no danger. I've been rocked a few times, like whoa, or like I've never been dropped actually. But was that a was that a purposeful? I've been dropped. I've been dropped by a body shot one time. I'm pretty sure. No, I don't think that counts. That your counts. brain, your brain getting, is still good. Yeah, but this, you're getting drops. Like, yeah, you know that, that counts as a drop. You know, you just got to protect your um, body now. But the chin's probably all right. I think like so. Alistair Overeem's got to be the uh, saddest tale of that. Yeah, some, didn't somebody recently get knocked out again? Middleweight UFC guy. Oh, dude, Phil Hawes. He's been knocked out pretty bad yeah. a few times. There's a couple oh, of them. Um, he got knocked out by Ikram. I actually sparred Ikram up this past week. I was and, saying uh, that. he got knocked out again this weekend. I am by a guy I don't even know. So it, that's kind of crazy. To me. Is, is that like as a as a professional um, fighter? Like when you start getting dropped in practice, is that something that just goes off in their head? Like you know what's going on? This never happened before. Should I be? Probably should take back on the sparring and choose different partners, <laughs> yeah. or maybe you know start looking at something else. You know, I, I don't know. Um, usually, if you if you get dropped, like you should take like some time off, even in, like in sparring. You know, if you if you're getting dropped in sparring, you should you should take take a break. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, and uh, especially like you know after a fight, bro, it's that's a little bit different. Like guys will take yeah. you know a few months off, like two three months. And uh, I mean, sometimes you have to let your brain recover before you, you know, suffer any more damage. Because I think, you know, if you if you go back too early, I think you're way more viable to, to get Absol knocked out yeah, again. Absolutely. Right. But like, you know, we've seen a lot of guys get knocked the fuck out like bad and they come <laughs> back and they're fine. Like Justin Gaethje is a good example. Like he still probably has the, a fucking killer of a chin, bro. Probably he's the been best knocked example. out. Yeah, he's been knocked out <laughs> cold. Dustin Poy actually has a great chin. Yeah. Like still, you know, and he's been knocked out a few times. Like that's true. That's another um, one that has a, that style where he's just kind of like he's got beautiful boxing, but yeah. he he don't mind getting hit at all. Man. I think the wait the one time he got knocked out by what's his name? Um, Who on DP? Yeah. Uh, was it that, that Connor? Uh... No, it was Gaethje, and then the time the only other time I think he lost was he got knocked out by. Uh, He's a black zillion at the time, black guy. Oh, he's been on a losing oh, streak. Been on losing Mike, streak. Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson. Yeah, yeah. got got caught by Michael Johnson. I think that was the only other time he got knocked. But like, see how like that's a big like time yeah. frame of like, yeah. it's crazy. You know what I mean? And I mean, I've sparred with Dustin since the Gaethje knockout, and he's fine. You know what I mean? Like we've cracked what? each other a little yeah. bit, and like you know, it's the same. It's, it's. I mean, dude, Dustin's been in there for a minute, and he still looks great. Yeah, there's guys that fucking you know, fight and get hit, and like they just have a still have a good chin like jorge has a good chin still yeah and he got fucking knocked out bad you know oh yeah it was i was bad. a little worried too because like actually in the burns fight on his corner he got cracked a couple of times I was like, yeah Fuck, dude yeah. I'm like mike brown was even like dude he like you still got a chin because you you took some punches like fucking that was almost hard to watch man because masvidal looked a little off and he was just like burns was just teeing off on him but not not finishing him yeah it was like please just make it stop yeah, George was. I feel like now that he's transitioning to boxing, it's actually better in a sense, because um, it's like you're agreeing to trade 
in like a certain space yeah. there's less like you don't have to move as much and i think his issue is the conditioning really most of it like his conditioning isn't the same as like when he was fighting early on you know and uh i think with boxing it's gonna be better for him um i'm actually excited to see him box i, I sparred with him uh a few like a month ago and bro he's like hitting some crazy stuff that he doesn't hit in fights because it's boxing it's two different right, right, two different yeah, things yeah. so he's doing like different like styles of footwork throwing different combinations at me i was like whoa bro no one's shooting, at, no one's shooting at you right yeah george is <laughs> a different beast when there's a when we're boxing big gloves it was, it was fun yeah, yeah that changes everything up too the gloves oh yeah, yeah defense definitely. and uh especially like no kicks no knees no elbows yeah. and like you can you can blade your feet up you can duck real low if you need to it's 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 fun so, sport man so dan brought up a good point like when you throw your punches i'm not judging i, I love the fedor punches yeah. it's the best. Like, i fucking love fedor when i when i saw that fight uh you versus musasi i was like johnny Abraham. i was like musasi has this <laughs> dude all right so i didn't know mo back then and yeah. so i was cheering for musasi i've yeah. always liked them and it was just a total like annihilation like so so i was standing around watching the fight here again yeah it looked you didn't even break a sweat yeah i know you did but he yeah. was gassed he he was out and and then i remembered that mo took the strike force like heavyweight title from him yeah <laughs> and, he, and he's your coach. Yeah. And then you hear you come. Who he took the title yeah. from? Yeah. Oh, dude, that's, you that's should see that awesome. fight. That fight is like, it's a tough fight. Yeah. Right? It, it was so, f Mo so long used, ago. Yeah. Mo utilizes wrestling a lot and like Mo can crack too. Yep. So like, it was like, it, it was a, it's a really fun fight to watch. And what Mo told me was like, hey man, like you're way more equipped to fight Musasi when I, than I was when I fought Musasi and I beat him. So he's like, <laughs> you can beat him too, bro. Like, don't like, don't question yourself. And I was like, you're right. And then like when I watched the fight back, I'm just like, holy shit. I had way more tools to deal with Musasi than, than Mo did uh, when, at the time that he fought him. So And your head movement was there? Like anytime he's fucking taunting him? Mm -hmm. you, you like um, talking trash in the, uh, in the ring? Or it just comes out? It's not really talking too much trash. It's more just I'm feeling myself like. Dude, I was reading. Yeah, I might talk a little trash, maybe, but it's more so like uh, I'm just in. I'm in my flow state. It brings you know? it brings in so much entertainment because like yeah. the second I guess the announcers catch you, uh, the commentators catch you, like, oh, he's talking to him. He's yeah. talking to him. <laughs> Did you, mean, YouTube? All the uh, keyboard warriors were pissed off because I think you had an interview with uh, Ariel Hawani. Yeah, and you were like, I'm trying to get better and not do that so much, and they're like. Yeah. Fuck this guy. He did it again. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. But then at the same time, you know, you had that earlier. Like, because you, you seem like such a nice dude, man. Yeah. Like, and then the stories we hear about you with Grant and all that, you seem like yeah. the nicest motherfucker ever. But, uh, not the nicest motherfucker well, ever, but, um, well, I'm, in uh, MMA, maybe. I, yeah. But, um, <laughs> I'll say something after. But, after. uh, <laughs> people don't like that, man. Like, it, even with GSP, you know what I'm saying? Like, the yeah. dude is, is legendary. He's super respected now. Yeah. But the one time he tried to talk shit was so awkward and everyone made fun of him for like the rest of his career. I cried. Well, I can talk yeah. a little shit. Like I, I have like a bit of a mean streak in me. Like You let it out I'll, sometimes. I'll, I'll talk some shit a Dude. little bit and it's like genuine and like. <laughs> yeah, I came out with Fabian a little bit. I mean, I was, I was just going to bring yeah, that I was, up. Talking, <laughs> I was talking shit about. That was Impo the one they were mad at. Like I was telling how I was going to make 
I'm gonna make Impa bleed when I fight yeah, him. And dude, like, that didn't but, even but seem that what, bad. But that's what I, I know. It's not that bad. But like, I want him to bleed. It sounded like, like you I'm just there, wanted to fight. Cut him. Yeah, right. I'm dude, to cut him. Like, like the face off that you had with Fabian. Yeah. When you guys play that, what was it? Ping pong, whatever the ping fuck. Ping pong, ding dong. That was so weird. That was <laughs> the weirdest had, thing I've ever done in my so, life. So I was following the fight the whole time because. Yeah. You were like one of the first people we reached out to you, and I think you blocked us. I didn't block you. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we never responded. Like, well, I, I get a lot of interview like requests. Oh, really? Yeah, a lot. And I just don't. I only do the ones that you're supposed to do. I feel via better. Bellator. So just that's remember, why, like, we, we when Mo told me you. about you guys, then like I was like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. Like, if someone tells me, yeah, and I'm like, yeah, I'll do I, it. Yeah. And yeah, Mo's been getting his hopes up for months because he's like, no, Johnny's cool. He'll do it. Yeah. And, and, and he'll be like, so John or uh, Mo, how you doing, man? Uh, how about Johnny? No, no, <laughs> the thing is, like, like, Mo and I became, which I'm super happy about, friends. Yeah. Like, when, the second we met, and then we just started talking about, like, shows and movies and everything else. But he really doesn't care that much about his MMA career. No, he doesn't. Dude, at all. No, he doesn't like talking about himself. Man. Like, at all. So like, he's talking I, boxing. Anime shit, like yep. food, correct. So and, and, and cultures, like everything, but him. So he will call me up. Hey, did you catch that movie? And I'm like, no, I'm gonna catch it. He goes, watch it. I'm gonna send it to you. Yeah. And so he'll send it to me. So and in the midst of all that, I'm like, hey, so have you seen Johnny or? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, he's in Vegas. Yeah. He'll be, he'll be back. I, I'll let you know when to hit him up. I go. Yeah. I love you, mom. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, that was a good no, he one hit me too. Up. Yeah, he hit me up and it was like, hey, these guys want to interview you. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm doing it. Yeah, cool. Joe, Joe, uh, our <laughs> artist now, your artist as well. Yeah. Um, he said that he was bugging the shit out of you about it. He was like, yeah, I think every other time I talk to him, I tell him, uh, yeah, these guys, I would never have gotten connected to you if it wasn't for these guys. Like, do it. Yeah. And I'm like, well, if anything, you're making our persistence even worse. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like we got Mo attacking you. We got Joe attacking you. We're in the DMs getting ignored, but it's like, we're going to get you, Johnny. <laughs> we'll get you eventually. So I was laughing. I'm seeing Ariel interview you, and it was like your first interview with Ariel, and he's like, you were mad at me because I slept on you. And I'm like, Johnny, we're not sleeping on you, man. You never slept on me, Johnny. <laughs> you slept on me, though. Me? You're cheering for Masazi, bro. Wait a minute. This is before uh, I met Mo. <laughs> and you were in Missouri. How... I Definitely weren't in Missouri. No, and I was here. I was here. <laughs> you know, I just became a father, so I lost everything. I couldn't watch TV, video games, Damn. all gone. See, I can't wait until his kid's old enough to watch these and be like, Dad, that's how you felt. Which, <laughs> which, which my kid, um, he's an American top team. And uh, is Davey and Davey. Oh, Davey. Davey's yeah. a six-year-old. Nice. With a good coach, Mauricio. Nice, nice. So what I wanted to finish saying was like, when you faced off with Fabian, you guys played ping pong, ding dong. Dude, like, you were just fucking, like, staring at him. I'm like, oh, Fabian lost. Like, the <laughs> whole fight. Like, the, dude, like, he couldn't say anything back to you. Like, you were just, like, grilling him, like, stone cold. Yeah. And this motherfucker wouldn't even move. He was like, you know, he, break, he broke eye contact so many times. Yeah, I noticed that, too. He would, he was, uh, his body language was a bit it different, completely too. completely changed. Yeah, yeah. Hands was, his hands were in his pockets a lot. Like, he didn't seem comfortable around Like, me. you broke him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They completely broke him. You beat the shit out of him afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> so, what, I him. <laughs> what, what happened with, uh, with his twin brother? Oh, so. <laughs> well, he, <laughs> I don't want to say his name. I knocked him out. I was talking shit, calling him a pussy and stuff. And then, like, I was kind of like, you know, I was screaming, screaming, screaming. And then, like, I seen him come in the thing. And I think he was like, hey, man, like, you didn't have to, like, kind of like, 
you don't have to do that. Him to you? Him yeah, but like he kind of looked at me. And then right. I looked back at him. I was like, you're next. <laughs> yes, dude. Nice. You got to do that. I was that. like, I'll fucking knock you out too. Because I was like, I just I just had just knocked my, a motherfucker out. So I'm like, just That's going crazy. You know what I mean? The next thing you know, like his brother's in the cage and he's a fighter. One of the best guys in the world. Yeah. And I'm like, I'll fucking fight you too <laughs> right now. Could you cut to 170? Yeah, but I don't want to. Because I saw your amateur fights were like fucking 230 or some shit. Dude. No, I, so I weighed, my amateur fights, I was weighing like two, 210. Probably the biggest I ever got was two ten. I was fighting heavyweight, and then the first fight, <laughs> fight shit. the first two fights, I fought heavyweight, and then the third fight, I was like, you know what? I need I need to cut down to eighty five eventually. I think I'm going to cut down to two hundred five, and then when I start pro, I'm going to go eighty five. Because um, I didn't want to cut weight. I had I I was just like lifting a lot, eating a bunch of fucking food, and I was like, I don't want to cut weight. I just want to take some amateur fights. And usually heavyweights are not as good, so I was like, fuck it. Dude, I, but the I, funny I, thing is, my second two amateur fights, bro, were like pro fights. They were tough dudes. One was uh, Denzel Freeman. I think he's like, he actually a four and pro or five and pro right now. I'm his only loss. And then another guy's like this Cuban dude, Cuban Cuban wrestler, but he can strike. I think he's like undefeated in bare knuckle right now. But I think he's like, he's had. He, I think he's like two and two in MMA, but like. Damn. Dude's pretty decent, you know. What I mean, not not like some pushover. Like the guys that I fought in my first four pro fights were like, those were amateur fights. In a sense. <laughs> it was fucking hilarious. It was the other way around, bro. Yeah, but it's good. I mean, you want to get that out of the way in amateur. I yeah. think I think you did it right. Fight uh, amateur here. Go over there and go pro. It's yeah, it worked out for you. Yeah, you gotta get a, you gotta basically get a promotion to get behind you. Yeah, that's gonna try to set you up for, for success obviously there's a stage where you need to graduate from that so if you stick with that you're not really going to make it anywhere um but basically i got my feet wet with them they set me up for success there i made some money and then i was like all right i need to i need to go on something bigger and better and bellator was the next thing so i don't want to i don't want to steal your thunder but i think it's time for the nickname question <laughs> okay so i know uh I know the human cheat code, right? Yeah. I want to know the origins of that. And you know, oh, you want no, to know the I origins. want to know the origins oh, okay, of it because okay. I, I know I spoke to somebody at the gym. I'm going to tell you his name. Gagard Masasi. <laughs> <laughs> he was telling me about uh, Diamond Hands. Yeah. And what was the only Je Sol Soldier Boy. Soldier Jeblin. Boy. Jeblin, Soldier yeah. Boy. Did you have the nicknames? Canelo. Did you have nicknames before Bellator too? <laughs> oh, my God. I had my only my nickname before Bellator was Jeblin, I think. Was it a reference because of Jet Li and... No, no. So, Jeblin oh, was like... Way to be racist. It was, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> that's good, that's it was my nickname in college. Like, um, that's that's what my buddies would call me. Um, my, my college wrestling buddies would call me Jeblin. It's my first and last name kind of like mixed together. I have, I have a good one for you. But after you tell us okay. about the, about so the other one. So, then from there, I was like, man, I, I think I need a nickname, blah, blah, blah. And like, I was working with Dean Thomas at the time. He's like... And like at the time, I like I knew how to shuffle. I know how to shuffle still, like that dance. It's like it's like rave dancing or whatever. That's what Mo was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> you know what he told me to do. But I got me. some rhythm too. I can make yeah. it like, I can do it to hip hop. I can just dance like in a general. But it helped me like learning how to shuffle. Helped me understand how to coordinate footwork and like how to go to the beat with your footwork. Dude, that is so true. Yeah. Guess who can dance? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well <laughs> I, thought point, I thought you were gonna point at the white guy, but all right. But anyway, like Hispanic, I could. Even my two-step is. <laughs> anyway, uh, Dean was like, kind of like, 
messing with me. It was like, we're going to call you Soulja Boy. <laughs> like Soul Korea. But like Soulja Boy, the rapper, like kind of like does a little dance shit. It's funny because if you, if you didn't see it spelled out, when they announce you, it's like... <laughs> fuck soldier boy <laughs> what it's like, really yeah it's, it sounds cool now because i don't know if you've ever if you watch the boys yeah yeah uh, i've watched the boys because of the yeah. soldier boy yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'd be cool now yeah <laughs> but that was before so <laughs> didn't hit and then after that um since i kind of look like canelo they're like man you, you like the korean canelo who like, said that to you uh, i think it was gary oh what was his last name gary he was my boxing coach at the time trent it's gary what the hell was his last name? Sorry, Gary. <laughs> it's White Boog. White Boog. What? He used to he used to hold mitts for uh, and, and coach boxing for for uh, King Mo, and I was I was working with him as well. His name's, his, his name's Gary, aka White Boog. <laughs> anyway, he can like run numbers on pads pretty well. It was like it was fun to to work with nice. him. Nice. But anyway, he kind of gave me that nickname in a way, like, and I think him and King Mo kind of gave me that nickname in a way. <laughs> And then from there, I was like, man, Korean Canela, I, that only stuck for one fight. And then I really got into crypto after that. <laughs> that was Diamond Hands. And then like, yeah, I, I had started, I got into a crypto discord. Was I started investing in crypto and my, nickname, my name on there was Diamond Hands. I was oh, like, man, God, this dude. is good. Like Diamond Hands. Like, <laughs> Finally, I got it. You know, I, yeah, I got like, it's like an investment strategy. And also like, I have diamond hands. I have hard hands. That's, I'll knock somebody out, you know? And literally- That was probably I, the hottest COVID nickname. Dude, when I started that, right? When I started that nickname, I knocked a dude. I did that blitz knockout on Daniel Madrid. And I was like, bro, this is the nickname. So this, had to have, this was God's sand. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> and it stuck for a little bit. And then you weren't you like, I got fucking hands. Yeah, I got diamond fucking <laughs> hands, baby. I went crazy. That was fun. And then, because it was the first time I'd actually like cold- like knock the dude out. Yeah, that's gotta like, feel crazy. Oh, this You're is like, awesome. I have this fucking power. Yeah, yeah. Like, where, I, I felt like I didn't even hit anything. Like, and then uh, from there, I kind of I stuck with that name for a little bit. And then during like sparring and like training, King Mo was like watching me and was like, "Bro." You're doing some crazy ass shit. Like you're doing shit that I don't see usually. Like you're like a you got like cheat codes, bro. You're like, <laughs> you're like the, you're the human cheat code. And I was like, man, am I gonna have to change my nickname again? He's like, I don't know, but I feel like this one would hit. And then I remember <laughs> right before I changed it, I I think I won a I think I won a fight against I forgot who it was, but. Prior to the fight, I, I talked with uh, uh, like Big John and you know all the all the people commentating the fight and stuff like that, and I mentioned uh, that like story to them. So after I I won, he comes into the cage and he's like, "Hey man, you, you're just doing so great. Like I think we're gonna have to call you the Human Cheat Code." Oh, yeah, and he like, stole Fuck. the thunder. I like, oh, like I felt like oh, like, it was a good way to like okay, well this is gonna prompt this me to change it. the nickname, so. So I did it. I was like, fuck it. I, I ran with it, won the belt with that nickname. And then, yeah, after that, I was like, Damn man, I, I need to change it again, bro. And like, I st really started like getting confident in my, in my striking and like pressuring guys and just walking them down. And I've been watching some of my fights and I was like, dude, I got like a different type of pressure on people. Like when it comes to striking, wrestling, just in general, like the way I fight, I just fucking like pressure you, pressure you until I break you. Yeah, it's a good one. And I was like, Johnny Pressure's the next one, bro. And you got to come in there and be right. like, hey, uh, I'm Big that? John now. Oh, yeah. David Choi actually. Oh, yeah. That, I forgot. That's the whole story. 
they kept calling me Johnny Pressure after my fight with Tokov. Kui, Kui Tran and, and, and David Choi, they're sponsors of mine. Actually, this is hilarious. We After my Tokov fight, this is how I got prompted too. We were in Vegas. I, I, I drove from LA to Vegas and I was staying at the Encore and these guys love to gamble. I'm not a big gambler, but these motherfuckers love to gamble. No, you're, you're doing the right thing because yeah. I know you're buying homes after home after yeah. home. But they're Asians and they fucking love to gamble. <laughs> and we're at the craps table. We're at the craps table and I have no clue what's going on. I have the belt wrapped around my chest. And like, it was just like, it was like a, it was like a cool moment. And Kui goes, hey, Johnny, let's let's get you on the table. Like, I was like, I don't have any money. He's like, I got you. He spotted me like 200 bucks. And like, he bet for me. I was like, I don't know what's going on. I'm just rolling. <laughs> and like, everybody's cheering. Everybody's cheering. I just keep rolling, keep rolling, keep rolling. I just see my stacks get like my my, my chip stack get bigger and no bigger and bigger. Way. And they're like, Johnny, pressure the table, pressure, Johnny, oh, pressure the table, <laughs> pressure it. I'm like, and I kept rolling, kept hitting. And then eventually I think I rolled like a seven and that's when it ends it. <laughs> and bro, but like I had made two grand in like eight minutes. And I was like, what the fuck? I, I took that shit immediately and cashed it. They kept playing because they were playing with house money. And Dude, uh, I'm, I'm like that too. If I if, even win a dollar, I'm going to go, I'm cashing yeah, out. I'm, I'm, out. I'm done. I double I'm my done money. I'm that. out. <laughs> I 10x my money. I'm out. Like, I'm poor. Give me every cent you can yeah. give me. <laughs> but basically, that's how that prompted it. And then I was like, man, I really like Johnny Pressure. Like, or like, like David Troy's like, we, we need to change your nickname to Johnny Pressure. I was like, man, I don't know. But yeah, maybe. And then I started like watching how I fight. I'm like, man, that really kind of fits. And I was like, Fuck it, I'm doing it. That's so is that's that, the name. Is that what's that's that gonna stick now? Sticking for a while. Yeah. I was like picturing until you I and Mo together. Of, until I until I collect a bunch of belts. Because the other thing I noticed is you, you don't even wear like the same color fight shorts every fight. They're just completely different. Yeah. So it's like I figured you were just kind of trolling people at this point. Like everyone's the same. I'm gonna change my nickname, change my shorts. That that's really what it is. <laughs> it's still it still what is a that. Good pickup, it yeah. still is that. <laughs> That's but I'm one. sticking with it right now because it's like a, you got to roll with the trends. Yeah. It's like, a, and plus I'm making t-shirts and making collections. Yeah. And the cool thing about that is, is I'm going to change my nickname. I'm never going to go back to that. So that collection of t-shirt is never going to be made again. And there's only going to be a select oh, few. Right, so right, it's right. like, yeah. You're on the next level of marketing right trying here. Trying to, you know, trying to get there. And uh, I think that, that, um, but yeah, it started off like with trolling, like, nicknames and like we're all the same like you literally hit it on the head but um, i'm having fun with it in a yeah, sense yeah, yeah. and uh i enjoy like being able to change my nickname like i'm not married to anything and it's like i'm just having fun with it i mean it's one of the few things that'll show personality in a fighter that's yeah. why I, I i respected the shorts thing too like if you get picked up by ufc that's that's all gone yeah, so it's, it's all like gone. fuck <laughs> yeah um uh, surge uh, he, he was hooking me up with uh, designing my shorts for a while and then I ended up, ended up getting a sponsorship with Yakal and now they're they're uh, doing yeah, my, dude, my that short, was that short was wild. Did, was that was that something with top team when uh, I know Sanchai came through there and then you yeah. guys all like got sponsored not um, all of us I think the gym got sponsored ready, right. and then they, I'm their only MMA guy that they damn, sponsored Dom. damn that's crazy Ooh. oh here we go look at this Dude, this rice is, is it's too good. Do you wanna give me the give me the bowl? Alright, so I guess we'll start interrupting you again. No, go ahead. Um I'm I'm interested 
um, like it's going to be kind of like a legacy versus money question, I guess. Because I know yeah. I heard I heard you want to go wherever you want or wherever you get paid the most. Yeah. So if PFL, because it seems like they've got an infinite pool of money, if they just keep paying you well, is UFC out of the question? I mean, it's guaranteed. Like, guaranteed big money. And it's like a, a contract that, you know, really su- sets me up for success. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would, uh, I would entertain it. You know? So what kind of, what kind of contract are you on right now? Like, I mean, you don't have to get in specifics, but like how, how many more fights would you have left after, uh, Impa? So after Impa, I'd have four fights left technically. It was, it was a six uh it was a six fight contract right it was a six fight contract but then it got extended whenever i beat musashi is oh, that oh damn so i'm sorry to interrupt was that also like once you become champion do you have more wiggle room to negotiate things like does that happen immediately um or you got to stick to the original no, contract yeah, the, so basically the contract that i the new contract that i signed had championship language in it so it kind of already had it set in stone when I was going to make, especially my first title offense. Like when I won and then my first title offense. It was supposed to go longer than that, but I have a good relationship with Kogan, Mike Kogan, and we ended up uh, hashing out a newer deal for the same amount of fights. It was just a better deal. You yeah, know? yeah. And, makes um, sense. Because he's trying to retain talent at the end of the day. and uh, But then after that happened, I think we signed that deal the year before, like, about a year before they got bought out so basically my first fight on that revised deal it's technically the same deal it's just revised was uh the fight in september against fabian and so uh i know that you had mentioned that i mean they have no middleweight division which is why you're fighting a light heavyweight um but we're fighting middleweight though Oh, are you fighting middleweight? Yeah. Oh, he's gonna cut. Yeah. Oh, he's, oh, he's, shit. he's naturally like a middleweight. Yeah. I mean, he. I mean, did he fight? Like he be... fought welterweight at one point. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. When, when he was in the, in the, I think in the UFC. Yeah. Um, I know they're gonna do a 2025 tournament. You he had mentioned. Does that intrigue you? Because I'm, I'm assuming, uh, fighting a bunch of guys just to make a million is probably. That's under my yeah. That's under what I get paid now. Yeah, exactly. So, so like, it would have to be. They would have to pay me my show money. The whole tournament, like, and the million on top. And the million, I would like the million on top as yeah, well. At damn. the end, you does know? that does that intrigue you at all? I mean, yeah, especially, you know, we can renegotiate even more pay per fight. You know, and it's, and it's like if I'm in a tournament, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna, you know, fight a lot in one year, and I'm like close to in my prime. You know, it's. I thought of it, and I was like, make a lot of money and get a lot of fights in, and compete a lot. I mean, I'm not opposed to it. I also don't like making weight that many times though in a year. So yeah, yeah, that's we'll crazy. See. Yeah, I was, I was having a conversation with Joe before we came out here. I was like, dude. PFL better not waste this man's prime. Like, yeah. if they're gonna pull in a bunch of like randoms to have a tournament, and then you gotta, like you said, you don't want to fight so many times in a year. It's 
it's kind of like you said you're, you're what 32 now you got just turned 32 yeah you got like dude that's literally your prime like you got another four or five years to just destroy it's, people it's relative though because like um there's guys like glover Teixeira. they don't become champs until they're 40 bro you know and then you got guys like yoel yeah still fighting he's Jesus, a, yeah. he's old you know what i mean um obviously he's past his prime but it's all relative to how you take care of yourself like yeah you've got like no like, like, like lasting I, damage yeah i think i have a couple more years until i'm actually in my prime because i haven't been in any real wars like when chandler got to the ufc I, I felt like it was a little bit past his prime yeah same with ben Askren. i think i'm gonna be making it there right at my prime maybe at the very like start of it so i think I, i'll start I'm, I'm entering my prime right now or maybe i am maybe i won't know until after it's like all said and done but i feel like the next year or two i'm gonna definitely make some you know big big changes and, and get a lot better and once i see that happen and i start you know making these connections that I haven't been able to make in the past, then I'll actually enter my, enter my prime, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So you're saying the skills, no skill connections? Uh-huh. Because you've been looking pretty damn good for your last couple of fights, man. Like you're putting everything together really well. Like they may it can be better though. It can yeah. be more seamless. I could get hit less. I could hit guys harder. It's a matter of like, um, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm getting younger in a sense. Like I'm not getting as beat up as I used to, like with injuries. I'm moving better. My timing's still the same. Like my vision's still, my vision's getting better. Um, my timing's actually getting better. It's not the same. So it's like, I feel like I'm still on an upward trend when it comes to training and I haven't hit a plateau yet. So that's why I don't think I'm in my prime yet. You know? It's a good point. It's a good point. I feel like when I start leveling out, I'm like, okay, I'm not really seeing much of a change yet. That's where I'm like, okay, maybe I'm in my prime now. And then I feel like once I start losing like the timing and like my vision goes a little bit, my reaction time and like maybe injuries start, but I think I'm, I'm really like solving that issue a lot by doing FP. So I feel like- Is that the, I'll start, that's your functional yeah, patterns functional training? Patterns yeah. training. Like since I've done that, I've really negated a lot of, you know, injuries. And like, if I do get something small, I know how to deal with it. But anyway, I feel like, you know, fixing my mechanics at the end of the day is actually allowing me to progress quicker. And also I feel like it's going to keep me in my prime longer. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, it's also increasing the, the ceiling. Like the ceiling is a lot higher since I've understood how to change my mechanics at the end of the day because basically i'm learning how to become a better athlete in a sense and understanding how to move my body better in space so when you get an understanding of that you're improving your athleticism and like a lot of people think it's age but i think it's really like your mechanics yeah and like it's a little bit of both usually people's damage. mechanics get worse as they age yeah but it's like if they're getting better as you age are you aging, like in a sense? They so kind of like slow it down. Slow it, down. Yeah. it slows it down. Yeah. So I feel like that's what I'm doing, slowing down, and I'm also still getting better. So I'm, I don't think I'm in my prime yet. You know, there's still there's things I I need to do when I'm watching like my rounds. I'm like I need to do this. I'm still not doing that. 
there's like, and I know I can make those changes and get better. And like, there's things I can tighten up and get better. My softball can get better. There's a lot of little things I can get better that will get better that I'm gonna, like in the next six months, I'm gonna start seeing, you know, so, changes. So I'm gonna start, okay, that's another level up, another level up until right, like, right. I don't know when I'm gonna hit that plateau, but uh, hopefully I'm never like out of my prime. And then hopefully I can, you know, be out of fighting and never before then yeah never yeah, yeah, yeah. be out of my prime kind of like in a sense how yeah, it gets um, depressing <laughs> how khabib how khabib did it you know dude khabib almost did it too early you're like damn we didn't we didn't get to see yeah but he was gonna have a lot of injuries yeah he was getting fucked well he came in and got injured like right away i was yeah. i was preaching khabib early on but the dude wouldn't stay healthy but he retired in his prime oh 100 so speaking of uh skills and leveling up i don't know if you're aware we were discussing we were kind of game planning for you uh, Impa's got a really big weakness. Have you been practicing your uh, ninja kick? <laughs> I actually do that. Do you really? People catch my kick. I do. I like. I learned it from that. Oh, I was just. I play around with it. I just do a spinning back kick off of it. It's like you're like doing like a when your legs are there. You gotta like leverage yourself over that leg and like jump through and kick. Yeah, it was nuts. Um, probably. I, I. I doubt I'll hit it as clean as. Uh, uh, Buckley did, but <laughs> I mean, yeah, if he catches a kick, I'm going to try it. <laughs> Why not? I worked on him before, you know? Yeah, right? I see a lot of people kind of brushing him off. I mean, I'm sure you'll take him out, but I'm like, I think a lot of people just, that's his highlight reel is, is getting knocked out in the UFC. A lot of people don't realize that. He's a millionaire now, though. Right? <laughs> Probably made more money than Buckley. A couple of them dudes, man. They went over to PFL and. I, I don't know if he's made more money than Buckley. Actually, I would have to like do the math. But I mean. I mean, he, he kind of came up on top at the end, you know, like yeah. good for him. Like I heard he was struggling too after he got cut, like didn't have much money. Like good, I'm actually happy for him because that's what fighting's supposed to do is like now give guys gonna... opportunities that are like that. You're gonna ruin it to again make it now. up. <laughs> I'm gonna ruin it. He's just not gonna beat me. Like I'm not gonna let it happen. Um, now I'm not gonna ruin it because he's he's still gonna make money after he loses to me. You know what I mean? Like it's still he's still gonna be. Yeah, he's still the guy. He's still. It's I mean, not, I, he's still. Is, yeah, he's still a good dude. He's still gonna be employed. Like it's just like I'm a different level. They're they're giving you guys a separate belt for this fight, right? Like, yeah. There's like a champ. I actually champ. just realized that. Like actually, I think I I had an um an interview and I told them like yeah I don't think there's another belt, but I guess they're especially making a belt. Uh, That's cool for this. You have two belts now. Actually. He should have two belts if he beats Impa. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. Regardless. I should have that light heavyweight just, belt. Yeah. <laughs> just make, you beat the champ, you should be the champ. I take your belt. <laughs> Did you bring the belt? Yeah. Johnny, you brought the belt? Oh, fuck. I forgot. I knew, I knew he wasn't going to do it. <laughs> you should have reminded me. Dude, I I'm felt, terrible. I'm dude, terrible. I felt so bad, nah, too. I was like, he, honestly, today, I was so stressed out. I had to hang my TV and, like, oh, shit. We had a metal stud and, like, that's every the studs, here, the studs, the studs weren't like placed 16 inches apart. I'm like, what the fuck? So we had to go get a new TV, uh, uh, a TV mount, one that's only to a single stud. And I was like, bro. Then we had to go get like, we had to go to the grocery store with my mom to get food for tonight. It's just oh, like, shit. Oh, I've been on the run all day and then like, and working. And then like, I was like, oh, fuck, dude, I'm going to be late for this interview. And then I, like, Literally, I didn't even think about it until you just said it. So just all, now. All, all these, like the house remodeling, that that's you like learning everything as you go? Yeah. My last house that I bought, not my last one, the most recent one I bought is right up the street in Coral Springs. Um, I moved into that one because um, I, I wanted to like move into a newer home closer to 
the gym because I was living in Boynton Beach. I'm actually renting that house out now and I didn't have to really do much there. I, I, I hired a contractor to add a carport and like build a pool. So like I increased the value of it, but I didn't really do anything myself. But I bought a house in Missouri as a rental and it ended up being kind of more of a fixer upper than I thought. I had to learn how to redo backsplash, how to do some carpentry to cut some wood stairs. Um, what else did we do, babe? Um. I built a retaining wall in the backyard with my brother because like the landscaping was kind of like, there was this like hill and there was like a concrete pad on the hill for the back deck, but it was like falling and failing. Yeah, we did the backsplash in the kitchen. Just a bunch of shit, yeah. That's where it's at now. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, your dad, we FaceTime your dad all the time. <laughs> so how do we do this? Hey, we just ripped up all the stairs. <laughs> how do we do it? He's Yo, like, what? Dad calls in YouTube videos, right? YouTube, how do you? How do you? <laughs> it worked. I, I got to tell you, though, all that stuff is like less scary than trying to mount a fucking TV in a Florida house. Like, I feel, <laughs> I feel the stress on that, dude. <laughs> dude, I was actually... Anytime I do any project though, I get super stressed. I'm get so stressed out and then at the end, like, it's like, oh, I'm glad I did it. Yeah. Do, do the fights stress you out? Like, uh, as, as it gets closer and closer and closer? <laughs> That's good though, right? I mean, a little bit. Honestly, it might be a fish fight, you know? You, just, not- you start thinking about the opponent more and more as, as it gets closer? Mm. Sure. But it, it's it's just nor it's like routine. Like I know it's gonna happen. Like it's gonna pop in my mind. And I just I think about it, and then like I go, I move on. You know, I think of something else, or I watch a movie, or play mm-hmm. cards with my friends, or talk to Emily, or fucking just like take a nap or relax. Like try not to think about it. You know? Yeah, yeah. It seems like, like you genuinely like fighting, though. So I don't know. I yeah. would imagine. I do, but like it's the uncertainty of like the result. Yeah. And that's the like that's the scary part. Like I'm not afraid to like I've been hurt, bro. Like I've been I've had five surgeries. I've dislocated my shoulder like three times, four times. I've like fucking broke my ankle. I've like completely tore my knee, like had concussions, like I've had a lot of injuries and it's like, okay, yeah, those suck, but like you can heal from those and like I'm not so scared about getting injured. I've literally had a fucking gash wound on my forehead, bro. That shit was nasty. And like, it looked worse than it really felt. Like it didn't, it wasn't that bad. Like, so I'm not super worried about getting injured. I'm more so like, man, I don't know, like the outcome. Like it's, it's well, uncertain you're, you're until undefeated, it happens. dude. Yeah, but I like my, I, my probabilities are high, but just because you have high probabilities doesn't mean I don't, it's not It, makes, yeah. it makes it worse though. Cause so, you, you don't even have that. Like, do you even know what it feels like to lose? Yeah, of course. I mean, I mean, in I MMA L, at least. <laughs> I take L's all the time. Like, take small L's in training sometimes. Yeah, but I take. I, I lost a lot of wrestling matches. I've taken L's in life. Like, that's like with the crypto. I took a big L. Like, wow. I fucking lost so much money. <laughs> I think that was everybody. It's all the same. It's all the same shit. You know, at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's embarrassing. But having that zero, man, that's like a whole nother level. I would think. Yeah. Like Khabib, yeah, Khabib was either. ridiculed for that shit forever. Even now, he retired, and they're like, he never tested himself. Like, the yeah. fuck? Well, I'm going to be the opposite. I'm going to test myself and, you know, hopefully keep on to that zero. You know, anything can happen, but I'm, that's not really, like, what I'm what I'm here to do. Right. I don't, I don't really to get care a bell, too right? much. I'm more, I'm more, I more care about, like, the money in my bank account yeah. and, like, how I perform and, like, what people, you know, think of me when they watch me fight. That's 
that's more important to me than a record. It's just fucking number. Like <laughs> guys lose all time and people fucking still care about them. You know, it's just, yeah. mm -hmm. it's just embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It's like one of the mo most embarrassing things that could happen to you is getting fucking knocked out or like getting beat up on national television. On camera, yeah. You know what I mean? And like everything, like your family's watching, everybody's watching, like it's embarrassing, you know? And it's like, you know, I'm, I'm obviously willing to have that happen to me because that's why I, that's why I'm fighting. You know, if, if you're not willing to do that, you're not going to fight. So that's really at the end of the day, kind of like, like, man, don't want that to happen, you know, nah, but that's another not. reason why it fuels me to train even harder. It's, it's obviously it's more than that too. Like the money like really excites me. The, the performance I get to put on in front of fans excites me. Um, just fighting in general. I, I like to fight. So it's like, I can't wait to see what I do, you know, when I'm in there and like what scenarios happen and like what I produce at the end. So when I watch it back, I'm like, damn, bro, I'm getting better, you know? So that's, that really, that's really what drives me. That just happens to be like a little factor, like, you know, the, the possibility of failure, failure and like the, the unknown of like what the outcome is going to be, you know? Yeah. You have, uh, any stories of any crazy fans? Um, just us <laughs> nah <laughs> some crazy fans nothing nothing too crazy pretty normal like no no stalker no. level yet no nothing yeah nothing, nothing crazy nothing that crazy honestly and any rumors that are not that are not true that you keep hearing around <laughs> what rumors would that be <laughs> mm, let me pull my phone I, i'm just i'm just uh -huh. asking nothing? uh no tough one to crack <laughs> tough one to crack man <laughs> now nah, we just we like to throw uh like crazy you know non-mma questions out and see if we can get anything the last dude ended up telling us he had a foursome with the uh, joey fatone from insync wait what yeah. exactly that's kind of game hopefully he didn't watch that <laughs> there goes the episode hey man no listen it's, we, we quite, it's questionable hey man, I, hang out, but I hang out with sean strickland what do you dude, yeah, I, I, I was gonna i was gonna say is, there you go. is it just how he is on tv is exactly how he is nah, him, real, yeah I, I love that who's just saying <laughs> he's authentic as hell oh he's no, the it's kind of like uh that guy's kind of like sean o'malley huh dude the shit he just said uh in that last press conference Oh, where he, was sh he shit on the the guy in the crowd and he shit on trudeau and i'm like holy dude but you know what it, it's it, <laughs> dude i'm glad he is it's, though, it's we needed need, though we need somebody to it's fucking needed. stand up for what what's I mean, people like me i believe in that shit bro like what's, i believe what he's speaking is like kind of it's true and it's right left, it needs to be said of, yeah yeah what's that like, uh it's like what dude if you if you don't if you don't resist back it's only gonna get worse. Like it's only gonna go more, more left. Dude, here, look, you know? look how far it's gone. Like, oh, it's pretty th far. That we now. let it get this far. Yeah, it's Ooh. it's kind of ridiculous. And the funny thing is, it's like I love how Twitter now is is is. Uh, I love what Elon did to Twitter because I'm seeing some like liberal media post about it, and like some girl like bitching about it, like I can't believe they're still having this fight, like. Um, this guy said the most, the worst stuff, blah, blah, blah. And like, they're still fighting. Like, I don't it's understand. Like, you should want him to get his ass whooped. And it's like, but the funny thing is, is I went to go comment on it and I can't. 
On oh, Twitter? Because yeah. she blocked comments. Oh, my God. Of I course. know. I'm like, oh, this is a typical liberal, bro. <laughs> but it's just crazy that it's gotten to the point where it's insanity to anyone with, like, a tiny bit of logic left. Yeah. Like, you you, you want to have enough hope in humanity where you're yeah. like, at some point, like, I get it. You should care about everyone. Everyone needs to be taken care of. But what the fuck is going on now? Yeah. Dude, yeah. And the, people well, are, like, rabid about it. I think the biggest problem is I never have an issue, like, with what you believe. But it's like when or how you want to live your life. Start forcing but, it on but everybody. But when you force it on other people and you're like, no, I want you to take my, fr my frame of reality. I right. want and you to I want to impose it on you and you have to believe what I believe. It's like, no, that's not how reality works. Right. Dude, it's sad. I can do what the fuck I want to do and you can do whatever you want to do. And we don't have to cross paths if we don't want to. We Isn't don't have it, to exactly. think the same. Like, you know? no, nobody at least... On this table, nobody cares if you're gay, if you, no. who you like, no. whatever you want to fuck. It's what you said in the car. It. <laughs> <laughs> the, the whole thing is just like, like you said, like, just don't force it on us. Don't start teaching it in public schools. That's where it gets weird because it's fucking like, kids, like, dude, what's the point? Kids don't understand. Like, you're not supposed to teach kids what to think. You're supposed to teach them how to. Right. Discern information right. and, and how it. to think, like they're how just, to think properly. They're not and even doing even that that's anymore. Right. The well, they're, well, they're, trying to, they're trying to teach you what to think at Correct. the end of the day. And that's the problem. That's the problem with public school. They're, they've always been trying to teach you what to think. And now it's just getting more and more leftist and it's getting a little bit, a little bit more hazy. And I'm just like, what is this? This is like, you're, you're having kids make decisions that they're going to have implications later on that you know who knows like how it fucks them you know what i mean like i know some people that made decisions that not some people i know a person that made decisions to change their sex and it's like i mean it's not going great as girl to a guy oh, okay, okay. but um it's like you you, you can kind of know you, you can kind of tell when somebody like is doing well in life, right? And you can kind of tell when someone might be struggling. Right, right. And it's like, I've never really felt that they're like doing great. Right. Yeah, and yeah. I feel like it's, it's like- They're, they're battling. It's, kind of, it's not, yeah, but like, I've, I've never like spoken out about are it against they, it or like- are, They're over 18, right? Yes. Cause that's when it gets really sketchy. They're over 18 whenever they really decided, but it's like, I think at first they, they were like, okay, I'm gay. And then went from gay to like, I think I'm a man. I'm like, okay, well, I don't know about this. Like at first, I was like, that's, that's new. Like there, there was a. But then, like, uh, then you start doing hormones and shit, and it gets more and more aggressive. It's it. like, okay, but like, you're never gonna be a guy, though. Right? Yeah. It's like, like it's cool to act like a guy and feel it, but damn, once you like, start why can't you manipulating just like, your body, why can't you just be like, okay, yeah, you're gay. That's it. That's normal. That's you see that in nature actually. Like you see. Like, I don't know if it's like because uh, like 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 boy dogs hump other boy dogs, right? It might be a dominant thing, or maybe they're like sexually attracted to a boy dog. Whatever, it doesn't matter. You see, you see the same sex, the same sex have sex in nature, but you don't see a fucking hyena that thinks it's a fucking house dog, or like a hyena that thinks it's a cat. Well, like, you you could if they trained it to do that, and I like think that's what it a is. A male now. hyena thinks it's a female hyena it's like no that doesn't exist really there, there, that's was, in our a figment of our imagination at that point there was there was a good video i watched it was this this dad he brings over his um he's making the video to make the point he calls over his 
his five-year-old son. He was in the background playing with toys. Yeah. He goes, hey, uh, hey, Stevie, are you a boy or a girl? A boy. Right? So he leaves. A boy. And so, hey, Stevie, I got that one right. Hey, Stevie, come back. He goes, are you a girl or a toaster? I'm a girl. He leaves. What? So the dad calls him again. Are you a, 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 are you a, a Nintendo or are you a race car? I'm a race car. So the dad was saying, like, he's going to be whatever the fuck he wants. You get yeah. me? It, it doesn't mean that he wants to be a girl. Yeah. He's just talking out of his ass like a five-year-old. Yeah. Doesn't really care. I remember I thought I was James Bond at one point when I was yeah. a kid. I swear to God, I used to run around with a little toy gun and shoot shit. Come like, on, Johnny. I asked how you got into martial arts. You didn't tell us that. <laughs> that one's good. I swear. <laughs> I got, like, thought I was James Bond for a little bit. Like I, I have, I have a, a lot of uh, liberal friends. Yeah. And we're losing more and more each podcast. <laughs> oh, no. Because no, uh, of no, work. No, nobody watches, so we're all right. And so yeah. I asked him, just fucking around with him, I go, what was worse, the, the 9-11 or the insurrection? Ricky, do you have to compare the insurrection? <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. That's, that's where they're at. And I was like, all right. What? No. Dude, I swear to God. They all answer the same thing, and I'm just like, <laughs> "That's crazy to me." I go, "I don't even know why we speak." Shit, <laughs> 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 damn, bro, that's ne- crazy. Next time you have, you you have a you speak to a liberal, yeah, somebody that you know, ask him that, yeah, yeah, and they'll give you that See. answer. Well, you know, people died, but fuck, Trump did. <laughs> <laughs> he did nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's it's so out there. And like, that's crazy, okay. man. That's nuts. Oh. I think we we always, as we're coming to the end of the episode, yeah, yeah, yeah. after bellies are full, <laughs> is we start talking religion, and politics. Now we're all depressed about it. <laughs> the last like three or four, we'll be we'll be sponsored by Trump soon. <laughs> I think he's, we're, he's we got down. money though. I'm alright with it. Yeah, I think we download this like in 15 minutes. Dude, yeah, full. Yeah, well, I guess that full. I guess that's about the right time. Then uh, Johnny, again, thank you so much for coming and taking the time, man. We've really you know, as we said, we really wanted you on here for a while. Yeah. Um, do you have any sponsors you want to plug? Anything else you'd want to plug? Yeah, I got to thank my sponsor, Nudo. Uh, also, Miley. Um, for this fight, he's he's really came through. My boy, Quitran. He owns those restaurants in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, really good friend of mine. And then, obviously, uh, my boy, Kai. Um, Kai Blake, he owns a tech company called uh, Ticket Socket. Good friend of mine as well. And I got to plug Functional Patterns because without them, I wouldn't be in the spot that I'm in right now. And um, shout out to Naughty Aguilar. And yeah, man, uh, that's about it. Those are the sponsors for for this for this trip. And where can this. the uh, people find you to find more about you? Uh, at Johnny Eblen on Twitter and Instagram. All right. Well, again, thank you, Johnny. Really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed it. That's Thanks it. for hanging out, too. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> she had no idea. Hey, from the owners of